Here's what you get on today's episode of Guts, Grit, and Great Business. If we are making decisions because we think it's going to be better over here, it's not. Because the thing that you're leaving over there is actually going to come with you. And so it's really becomes important because I know the problems that I was experiencing in corporate, if I didn't have peace with those problems, meaning those types of people that I was trying to run away or the regime of corporate and trying to control and all that kind of stuff, if I didn't figure out how to handle that, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have helped me. I would have found that elsewhere. I would have found it and recreated it in some way. The adventure of entrepreneurship and building a life and business you love, preferably at the same time, is not for the faint of heart. That's why Heather Pierce Campbell is bringing you a dose of guts, grit, and great business stories that will inspire and motivate you to create what you want in your business and life. Welcome to the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast, where endurance is required. Now here's your host, the legal website warrior, Heather Pierce Campbell. Alrighty, welcome. I am Heather Pierce Campbell, the legal website warrior. I'm an attorney and legal coach based here in Seattle, Washington, serving information entrepreneurs in the U.S. and around the world. Welcome to another episode of Guts, Grit, and Great Business. I am so excited to have Finka Yerkovic with us today. Welcome, Finka. Thank you, Heather. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, I love Canadians. I'll just start by saying that. <laughs> We've got another Canadian. Um, I just, you know... I, I was just going to say, what's not to love about a Canadian? <laughs> right? There really is nothing on that list. And I joke because... Because I'm in Seattle, you know, I'm almost like, I'm almost there. I'm quasi-Canadian. I joke that I've been accused of being Canadian a few times and I'll take it. I'll totally take it. It's so funny. I'll, I'll go out and I'll do presentations or trainings and I won't say where I'm from, but literally within the first, I'd say three minutes, I will say the word about. And then they're like, you're Canadian. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> totally. That's, that one is a dead giveaway for sure. It is. It is. It's like, all right. You got me. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, welcome to Finca. And for those of you that don't know Finca, Finca is an author, international speaker, workshop leader, and coach. As president of Finca Communications, Inc., she consults with clients in areas of personal branding, leadership, sales, client experience, and employee engagement. She brings over two decades of experience in corporate Canada in the financial services industry with an expertise in sales, leadership, communication, and coaching. Finca believes when you bring authentic leadership and a mission-based mindset to business, you can achieve inner fulfillment, outer success, and leave a transformational impact. Her book, Sell From Love, Love Yourself, Love Your Client, Love Your Offer, released November 2020, hit Amazon's number one bestseller list and was listed as a hot new release. She lives in Canada with her husband and daughter on their 85-acre nature oasis, where you'll find them living a farm-to-table lifestyle, brewing up essential oil blends from their lavender field, riding horses, and beekeeping. Finca, I love that. We, You and I were just talking about you living on a farm, which is kind of blowing my mind because we were also having a laugh about the constraints of COVID and everybody wanting more space. But um, I didn't know about the essential oils. That's really fun. 
I know. I didn't know. So we had moved up here back in 2015. So we're in our sixth year. I'm a born and bred city girl. And in 2015, my husband, it was a couple years in the making, but we would talk about, you know, let's just like sell the house, leave the corporate job. He had a business in the city and let's just move out to the country and just get ourselves some land. And it just felt so big and so far-fetched because there were so many, you know, things that you had to change. You had your job. We had his business, um, stability of a, you know, of that. And then all of our family and friends and our network, everyone was located in the city. And it took a couple of years of talking about it. So I believe what happens is each and every one of us come up with some really great ideas or we come up with our big dreams. And they might feel so far fetched or too big for us to move forward on. But if we keep talking about it and if we keep um, impressing it on our, I'm going to say on our brains, our brains catch up to it so it doesn't start feeling as scary. And I remember the day uh, we were in the midst of, you know, I'm going to say I was in the midst of convincing him we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember the day we were, we started, I was looking on uh, real estate listings and finding properties. And there was this particular property that I'm like, this is like, let's, let's try it. Let's just put an offer on this one and see what happens. And the night before he was still not a flat out, no, but it was just still flat out scary. And I remember saying this to him, and it's been the question I have continued to just, I even get goosebumps right now thinking about it. It's the question I always ask myself now when I'm scared of doing something. And it was, would you rather do it and fail or not do it all and live with the regret of it? Mm. And you know, and so for him, it was like his, honestly, it was the instant response is like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to do it. I would rather not live with failure. And that was it. And so that was like, all right. But the next day, <laughs> when you think about it a little bit, um, and I had time to think about that question. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, he had some time to think about it. He came back and he's like, no, let's, uh, let's actually go, go for it and see what happens. And so I think what happens for us is we have these ideas, these dreams, these visions for our life and for our businesses. And it is really scary for our brain. Our brain is like, that is way too uncertain, way too scary. Things may not work out. Uh, you might fail miserably. And all we got to do is just keep, I call it power priming our brain. We are priming our brain to catch up to the future self we see ourselves being and doing. And as you do that, eventually, and then you ask those like really big questions that make you think and pause uh, and then shifts happen. And then that's what we did. And so then we moved up here in 2015. And since then, like things like we have horses, we carry chickens, we have gardens, we started, you know, we have um, lavender plants and we started making our own lavender. Here, I'll show you. I know you'll see it, but here, see, we have a, I spray this all day. It's like a calm serum. So when I'm like stressed <laughs> or overwhelmed or things, you know, things like we were talking earlier, Heather and I were talking earlier around getting interrupted in your day because all of us are working from home. I'm using my calm serum just to like anchor and ground myself. Oh, I, isn't that the truth? I just went to a women's retreat and the woman who actually led it made this beautiful blend of organic essential oils in a spray form. And, um, and so she was having us use it regularly to help like, cause it was a, um, journey to mindfulness, like a, a journey to stillness kind of retreat. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And such a far cry from my entire other experience in COVID, right? And this was the first time I ventured out. And I got home. It's interesting. You went 
out to get still. <laughs> this is what is required. Let's be honest. This is what is required I love I love as it. a mom to two little people. <laughs> we do have to venture out sometimes to get still. There is no stillness in this home unless everyone's sleeping. <laughs> but the, the funny thing about that spray is I really hadn't done that kind of like grounding essential oil spray, even though I use quite a few essential oils for other things. And it was so nice when I got home and she mm -hmm. gifted us these, like I continued it. So now even when I'm feeling a little stressed or discombobulated, I will go find that spray. And it's a little bit like I have friends who will like do like a rose mist or whatever on their face, you know. It's a little bit like that. It's so refreshing and you just take yeah. a pause. And so I love that. I love that you're making your own essential oils. I think that's amazing. You bring up this really interesting point about dreams that feel too big. You, you sound like you've had quite a few conversations around this particular thing before. So why don't you share with us in the context of your work and what you're doing now, how this comes up for your clients? So for my clients, particularly, mm -hmm. uh, they have these big dreams of making a difference uh, through their work. Um, they want to, you know, teach or train or facilitate or coach their clients through a, you know, a transformation, whether it's um, helping them grow their leadership, get to that next level, helping even teams and uh, organizations work better together and find more purpose in that work. Where they currently find themselves is there's sort of this gap, the vision of who they see themselves being, having a profitable, successful, uh, financially viable, sustainable business. And then they've either just recently left corporate or they're still in corporate and have this side hustle or they're just, you know, trying, they're still in like that startup state but for the last three years or five years, and they can't seem to get to that next level. And often what happens, it's like, we've got where we are and we see where we want to end, but it's the in-between that actually one gets us there. And that's the hard part. And so what happens is, you know, we go from here to the future really quickly and and then all of a sudden, kind of, we really, what we need to do is reel it back and say, okay, where am I today? And what do I just need to do next in the next mm -hmm. hour, in the next day, in the next three months, in the next six months, because we're so future forward. The other thing ha ha often happens is I always look at, we find our calling one opportunity is who inspires you? Who do you aspire to be like? And it's not like you want to be like them or just like them, but there is something in them that is also in you that you, you acknowledge or you recognize and you want more of that. Mm -hmm. And often what happens and, you know, we end up doing, you know, the comparing, we start taking where I am today, comparing myself as to where they are. And I'm putting quotations, they, that person we are inspired by or, or, or aspire to be like, but in our own version. And it, it just, again, feels too far. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get stuck. And all of a sudden we start trying strategies or implementing, you know, things in our business that are things that we should not even be focusing in on today like your goal today is get a client, get booked, work with a client live. Don't stress about creating a passive income product on your website that apparently, you know, through a funnel sequence is going to sell like hotcakes. It might, 
but that feels like a really, like, I'm like, I'm going to go to Las Vegas and, you know, <laughs> play some, you know, some cards or, you know, do the slot machine. Like, it just is so, it's such a lucky, like, mm-hmm. it's one of those pie in the sky moments, but also that can happen, but it's also because it's happened because you were 10 years in the making and yes. you were doing the step-by-step things. So it's hard. And I find also what happens is like, you know, it's hard to go out and sell yourself. And that's the biggest part. And so it becomes really easy to hide behind. Let me create this passive product. Let me create this course. Mm. Let me create this because I don't actually have to go out and sell meaning, right. I don't have to ask for it. I don't have to position myself. And often what happens, we get so stuck, so filled in the building of it Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden we never get out to selling it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you describe that as hiding because I hadn't thought of it in that way. But I think it's absolutely true that a lot of people do get busy doing all of these other things, right? And part of it, I think people can easily get bogged down in the world of, you know, especially entrepreneurs that sound like you serve a very similar niche as to what I, you know, the, the folks that I work with and serve as well. There's you see people doing so many things. And what you haven't witnessed is the full journey to get there and what it took to have the demand to create that product that is a more automated or, you know, um, hands-off product because they'd already created the demand or the marketplace for it versus Mm -hmm. people who are doing the reverse. And I think there's a lot of truth to that piece about hiding the the selling yourself. And I know I spent some time on your website and this piece about like really embracing what makes you unique, right? I think that that step in entrepreneurship and especially building personal brands, building small businesses around, because most of the folks that I serve, I, w- I would call them really service oriented people, you know, coaches, consultants, online experts, educators, speakers, authors, they just want to be doing the work that they love. You know, most of them are not looking to create like a startup that they spin off and make a hundred million dollars on in, in five or 10 years. You know, they, they want to be doing really meaningful work and that process of really putting yourself out there as the face of your business, the face of your work. Talk to me about how you get people to, first of all, see what it is that makes them uniquely them, right? Because I think we can get stuck even in the seeing ourselves accurately. Yeah, absolutely. How you get, you know, how you help your clients see that and then take action around that Mm -hmm. particular piece. So um, I've got, so the, in the book, Sell From Love, we talk about there are three pillars to selling from love. You've got to love yourself, you've got to love your client, and you've got to love your offer. And so mm. the finding your unique quality is all in about loving yourself. And that means loving everything you are and loving what you are not. And often what happens is we will you know, try to say, yeah, I'm good at that, or I can do this and I can do that, or we're multi-passionate and multi-talented. And, and really what we need to do, especially to serve our client at our best is hone in on those few things that you are one exceptional at and uniquely, uniquely wired to do. And I call it your brilliant difference. What I had found was that, especially for 
us that are geared to be more, you know, heart centric and service oriented, like we're, we're give that give over giving and over delivering model. We care more about other people than we'd rather give than give to ourselves like that notion. It's hard for us to talk about ourselves. It's hard for us to own our brilliance. It's hard for us to love ourselves fully. And so this is where the concept of the brilliant difference really, um, really helps because it's about claiming your brilliance and who you are and why you're here to shine and that unique value you bring. And at the same time, it's not just for you. It Mm. is here to make a difference and add value. And so when we can couple the, the gift that we bring as an act of service, that when you shine, you, I, you will help others shine, but also help them find their way. Then as a speaker, a coach, an author, your work actually gets illuminated as a result because you're shining. What I see time and time again, why people are going to choose you to work with is because you are shining in your brilliant difference. Right. What makes Heather unique and different? You can be doing very similar work to other lawyers and providing, but it's you and how you show up and that brilliance that you bring. That's what we are being attracted to. That's what we want more of. And so you actually become an inspiration point for other people. And so, I, you know, I, I look at it as, and it took me a while to even figure out, oh, this thing is not for me. It's for this is for other people, because if I can be an inspiration point for someone else to find their brilliance, then wow, what a, what an honor and privilege to be able to do this work. Mm-hmm. That, that piece that you just mentioned, and I think especially for really service oriented folks, turning that conversation into one that is about the perspective of how you do something in bigger service to others, I think really helps people get on board in the same way that they have to learn sales. And so many, you know, folks in this world, in at least in my experience, right, sales can be an icky word. Um, you know, even even putting crunchy things like legal support in place can feel hard to some of these folks that just want to be doing the work. They just want to be serving and they're not, they don't really love, unless they have come from corporate and they're really comfortable with that world, they don't really love square corners and, you know, hard edges and things that Mm -hmm. really feel like traditional business supports. True. And I will also add, even if you come from corporate, so I came from corporate, I've got Mm -hmm. two decades in financial services. What was different when I shifted from corporate world into being a business owner and selling my personal brand, my expertise, my thought leadership, it's like you get amnesia about all the things you you know already. Um, you forget you come with all this skill and expertise, even though I'm selling the expertise. But because you end up so... Um, you're so close to your material that we start identifying with our stuff. Meaning if you like my stuff, it says something about who I am. If you say yes to my stuff and you buy my stuff, then, oh my God, that means there's something amazing or wonderful about me, or at least I'm accepted. Now, if you say no, that there might be something wrong with me. And that process of really being able to, and so that's the edginess. So as soon as we notice that we are edgy when it comes to putting boundaries around our business, edgy for, you know, I've got to put some clauses around intellectual property or Mm -hmm. a non-disclosure agreement. Um, I have to get uncomfortable to do that, have that conversation with a client or a contractor. Um, I got to get paid for the work that I'm doing. 
those are, I'm going to say they are, I like, I like your word crunchy, but those are also opportunities that tell us if we can't do that and feel an alignment to our brilliant difference, there are opportunities of growth and somewhere in there, um, you know, I've got two constructs in what I teach and sell from love. You're either selling from love or you're selling from fear. And if you're feeling icky, fear is in the room with you. Yeah. If you're feeling uncomfortable, fear is in the room with you. Now you can still, for instance, we'll use um, have the NDA discussion, the IP and the contractor conversation and still have fear, but do it with the intention of love. So when we, you know, live, sell, lead, or do anything from that posture of love, it doesn't mean that we're not scared. We are still scared. <laughs> there is fear still in there. <laughs> However, how we show up is acknowledge that I am scared. I am uncomfortable. I don't know how this is going to work out. However, even if it goes like it hits the fan, I was going to, you know, it, it doesn't go well. Mm. I feel miserably. I am still going to love myself. Mm. Literally. I'm going to still love myself no matter what. And when we can show up in that way, all of a sudden we give ourselves permission to, and we'll go back to your second question was around how do you make the leap to do the scary mm. stuff? It is by acknowledging that fears in the room, that you feel doubtful, overwhelmed, uncomfortable. We got to acknowledge it's there because if we don't, we give it power. Mm. When we say, I see you, I know you're here with me. And, and I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I know you're here with me and it's okay. We got this. And mm -hmm. if this doesn't work out and we fail, I'll still be okay. And I'm still going to love myself. And then we can move forward. But if we don't do that, it, it, you, we end up, it festers and becomes this like big thing that again, paralyzes us, overwhelms us, and we don't move forward. And then we start having behaviors like, let me scroll through social media. Let me watch Netflix. Let me go do everything else, but do my work, yeah. call my clients, post right. on social, you know, have that NDA conversation, <laughs> you know, whatever. All it might the be. other things that are not on the list. Exactly. Do you, I'm curious, do you work with primarily women? Do you work with both women and men? I work, it depends on, my, on the environment. So mm -hmm. in my corporate work, it's both men and women mm -hmm. in my individual work. So I do, I work with coaches and consultants and advisors, mostly women and heart centric, mm -hmm. uh, spiritual men. If mm -hmm. I can put it that way. Oh, I love yeah. that. Is it a mm -hmm. different conversation that you're having with men and women about this fear component or is it the same? It's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the same. It's the same conversation. However, I uh, just, it's interesting as women, I don't know if it's because, you know, we are, we're, whether we feel more or we get overwhelmed by our feelings more, I find with the men that I work with, they're quicker to action. So they'll do things faster than we will as women. Mm -hmm. We will ruminate, contemplate, allow it to plan. fester a little bit more, plan yes. and all that kind of stuff. And, and there's such value in that because we are, you know, there's a, there's, we're judicious and there's a fiduciary mm -hmm. part of this, like where we're responsible and we want to make sure. And it's also looking at where are we again? hiding and holding ourselves back because we've, we're afraid if we don't get it right, or if we make a mistake, or if we don't uh, make, get approval, even though consciously we're not seeking it somewhere in our subconscious, you know, we've been programmed with it. Well, and it's so men have it too. It just, is different. It's different. Yeah. Well, and I would think that they do have it because especially that piece that you mentioned about, you know, 
when you're putting your work out there and having your work be denied, it feels like a rejection of self, right? I would mm -hmm. think that that is felt at times by both men and women. But the, the, the what I wonder about is like the fear of just doing something new for the first time, right? Things like handling some of the crunchy stuff in business or putting some of this structure or support or whatever else in place. And, you know, to your point about why I think men and women handle that a little differently. I mean, even as a parent, right? I've got an eight-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. I try to pay pretty close attention to the language that we use because I do find boys are much more encouraged all around, whether it's, you know, by peers in the school setting or whatever, I think to be a little more um, adventurous and experimental and in society generally, I would say, you know, that is for sure happening. Whereas girls are told to, from a young age, and I was talking with my sister who has four girls, to be careful and watch out and don't fall. And, and so I think, you know, it's, there's, I think there's a biological component because of the way that we're wired. And I think there's a huge influence that we just have in society through our parenting and our nurturing, right? That result in men just feeling a little bit more experimental and less attached to a result because I think a lot of men have actually had more practice at failing than mm -hmm. women have by the time, you know, we're all adults. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So it is, I think it is a, you know, it, it's a, such an important conversation for entrepreneurs to be in and to be having this whole thing around, you know, facing our fears and what's keeping us stuck is often not the mechanics or the strategies or, you know, whatever we think it is. It's this internal work that we have to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it feels often, I know what the internal work, I'll be stuck and I'll be like, I need to get this thing done but I can't seem to get this, whatever, let's say I'm going to implement a strategy or launch something and I just can't get to doing it. And it's, I need to sit down and journal for three days, um, talk to a friend and I, and I know I have to do that stuff, but there's this mm -hmm. part of me also is like avoiding that because I think part one is if I do that work, that means I actually have to go do the thing that I said I was going to do. Right. Is I going to get through it? And it's inner work is hard work. It's not easy work because if it was easy, all of us would be doing it and we'd be all super uber evolved, conscious human beings. Yeah. Right. And so it isn't easy work. And so I will pay attention to myself and notice, oh, you are avoiding here. You're uh, choosing not to sit quietly to meditate. Mm -hmm. or when I'm meditating, I'm sitting and I'm noticing the urge and impulse to get up off the cushion and move and go do something. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think there's this place of how do we, you know, we gotta, we gotta do the inner work. It's hard work. And if you can, if you're realizing you're not doing your work again, we can't punish ourselves to be harder on ourselves. Say like, I know I'm not doing, it. I should be doing it. We shouldn't do that either. Just mm -hmm. like, ah, just be curious. Like I'm noticing that's so interesting. I wonder why I'm not wanting to sit and journal or meditate or work out or go for that walk. I wonder what that's all about. You know, just literally have fun with it. Yes. And then, you know, that lightness versus the punisher, because the punisher <sighs> is again, more fear and that's not going to help us. Okay. Let's pause just for a moment to hear from today's sponsor. 
Today's sponsor is the company MoneyGrit. If you have ever chosen a tool to help support you with your money tracking, your money habits, and found that it actually adds stress, does not provide clarity, or does not help you change behaviors related to money, then you need to check out MoneyGrit. You can go to moneygrit.com. It is a tool that will help you both in your personal finances and personal budgeting and also has a business side as well. So as an entrepreneur, if you are wanting to find a tool that is able to support you in both worlds where you can stop budgeting and start seeing the possibilities with a tool that will help you stay on track and will actually help you change your financial behaviors this is the tool for you. Finally, a money management program that shows you the whole picture. MoneyGrit helps you gain control of your money with exclusive features designed to ensure you have a spending plan that works for you. You'll never get caught off guard or go without, so you can stress less and live better. Check out moneygrit.com. Okay, back to today's amazing guest. And so many of us have punishers, like especially, yes. you know, entrepreneurs have to be really self-motivated people. And so yeah. my experience of a lot, not all, but a lot of entrepreneurs, especially the ones that are not accidental entrepreneurs, <laughs> is that, you know, they are fairly driven. You've got a lot of type A personalities that, you know, like the ones that you support that have left corporate world, right? Mm -hmm. They've achieved something. They've got a body of knowledge. They now are probably really wanting to do what's in their heart and what they're really mm -hmm. called to do, right? And so I think there's most people, but particularly in this uh, this arena, I think there's a lot of punishers. And we, we do that to ourselves all the time. I should Agreed. be farther ahead. I should have done this yeah. yesterday. I should have had this outcome instead of that outcome. And all it does is when it makes us feel crappy. Yeah. And secondly, it just slows us down. Yeah. It doesn't actually. Mm. So there's this underneath. I feel it, like you need to say that part again. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like it. So the punisher one, it doesn't help us. Mm -hmm. And second is it slows us down. Yeah. That part. Be right. Because what happens is there's this, I don't know about you, but I know I grew up with this whole notion of if it wasn't hard work, like to get, achieve anything, it had to be hard. They were like mm. school of hard knocks. Like you're working, working, working hard. And what I've realized is it doesn't always have to be so hard when you're working in your brilliant difference. Work isn't hard. It's actually easy. It's fulfilling. Now there might be some effort, like, you know, when we go to the gym and we work out, there's effort, but we mm -hmm. feel energized after that effort. So it's a different, there's effort, but it's not hard. Yeah. And so ugh, where was I going with this? Oh, so, so all of that happened. So <laughs> let me go back. Let's rewind here. No so the whole point of what I, what I'm trying to say is it slows us down because when we are hard on ourselves, yeah. All of a sudden the pickup factor is not there. So if you are punishing yourself, you end up actually slowing yourself down by actually putting yourself back a few paces. Meanwhile, if you say, Hey, that's okay. You got this. 
you can figure this out. Yeah. You didn't do it yesterday, but let's try today. You actually might try today, but if you spend time punishing, we're not going to actually do it today either. We're going to just be so weary of punishing ourselves. The reason now I'm going to go back to that whole point of the school of hard, hard work. We've been so trained with hard work that the punisher has a, like they have a, they have a, a resident uh, dorm in, in our, <laughs> within us, in our, in our, in our internal world. And it believes, and it fears if we don't work hard and punish ourselves, we won't get the thing that we want. Mm, yes. How backwards is that? It is. Right. Well, and yes, that, you know, the really digging into this idea that if you punish yourself, it actually takes longer to get where you want to go, I think is really important. And I think for anybody that, you know, has ever bought into like diet culture or one of these cultures that like either you're all in or all out fitness would be another one, right? Like you're either on the wagon or off the wagon with fitness or nutrition or health. That mindset is not very helpful when you look at what you can do instead on a day where it's like, okay, you haven't done all the things or, you know, you made a choice you didn't love or whatever. And just picking up there versus what can tend to happen if you're really punishing yourself and, you know, labeling it like, oh my gosh, I really screwed up. I'm, you know, not on the plan rather than seeing it more as this concept of flow. Agreed. I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm unlearning all or nothing, continue yes. to all, learn yes. all or nothing. That's I, it. I have the that all or nothing program. culture, all or nothing. I got that. Mm-hmm. I, I got that wiring in me. It's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm either in or then it's like, all right, then what's the point? Yes. And so, <laughs> so, you know, it's been years of trying to unlearn and I love, I think it's the Buddha's way. It's kind of like the middle way where mm-hmm. it's not so much all of one thing, either on either spectrum, it's sort of this middle way. And we get to kind of go a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. And we have that flexibility, but we're not swinging so far from one side to the other. Yeah. And that place of the middle way and the middle way for me before used to seem really boring because Mm. it's like, it just feels like, well, if I don't get really excited about stuff, that means also I'm not going to get the lows of stuff or the highs of stuff. But actually, it's such a settling place to be because there's this sense of I'm enough. I don't have to prove. I don't have to, I don't know, there's just such a peace. Like, I'd rather have peace than the all or nothing. Like, I want rather have peace of mind and be okay with not having those dramatic swings and living in this sort of, and that's my continual practice is how do I not, you know, work too much or... Mm. Um, work out too much or, you know, any of the too muchness um, and be too type A. How do I, you know, balance it? Be, you know, even from a masculine and feminine, I I was in corporate. So there was this, I am a female and feminine, but then like, I know what it's like to live and work in a very masculine dominated environment. And so how do I also bring my femininity and be able to be in the middle way of that, that it's not just masculine and not just feminine, but there's this middle way of being able to bring both of those worlds with us. Mm, I love that. Share with us a little bit about your journey leaving the corporate world. What did that transition look like? What prompted you to do that? How did you know you were ready? It sounds like you serve people who are doing that or have done that, right? So many people Mm -hmm. walking that same path. Talk to us a little bit about that part of your journey. So for 
for part of the journey was uh, I started my practice back in 2013. And so I had a couple of years of having this side hustle. And I would literally take my vacation time at work, evenings, weekends. If I had to go do a, a conference or a keynote, I'd literally like, you know, take my, va- I have four weeks of vacation. I'd take vacation days to get on a plane to, you know, go to Nashville, do my presentation for two days and then come back. And so I did that for a couple of years. And for when we had made the decision, especially when we made the decision to move out in the country, it was, it was this sense of, I wanted to, I'm going to be completely honest. I wanted to quit the six, my job. I wanted to quit the six figure job. I wanted to stop commuting, commuting. I had this idea in my head of what my work would be like. And I really wanted to follow that dream. And then my husband, <laughs> who I love dearly, um, <laughs> you know, you can't quit your job. Like we got a mortgage and we got bills and we've got daycare and it's like, yeah, but I want to quit my job. I want to follow my dream. And so mm. there's this, um, and it's interesting how even in relationship, um, I'm the type of person that's just sort of the, let's just go after it. Let's just go do it. Let's mm. just like, you know, rip the bandaid off and let's go for it. And he's a little bit more cautionary and like, let's make sure we line things up. Let's make sure that we dot our I's and cross our T's. Let's make sure we have a little bit of a nest egg. And it was really a value because, you know, when I finally made the decision, I'll tell you what happened in that moment, but I, I now look at, I reflect at our relationship and it's like, I'm the type of person that gets us to the cliff and says, let's jump. And he's the type of person that says, hang on, honey, I'm just going to go down and check. There's no sharp rocks and edges, make sure. And I have to hang out and wait. I might go check out with him, with him. And then we come back to the top and then we make our leap. And that's the kind of thing that I think is important when we're making these big decisions, because when we're starting a business or when we're following our passion or a, you know, a passion project, whatever that idea is that we want to do, our brain is wired to keep us safe. And so it becomes even more important to create the safest container for your brain to not put you at risk. So you spoil your passion project. Mm. And so if I had, when I initially, like in back in 2013, decided let's quit the job, I may not be doing this today because I would have been so in fear because my financial, Mm-mm. my job was so dependent on the financial aspect that I had to earn to pay the mortgage, where then a couple of years later, we had set ourselves up financially, um, you know, all those things that when we didn't, when I did make this decision, and I'll say we, because it was one of those moments, and I think this is when those things happen. I don't know about you, but I have my biggest ideas, like when I'm washing the dishes, vacuuming, <laughs> or taking a shower, like those are the three, you know, it's like, but I'm doing one of those things, breakthroughs happen. Anyways, I was washing the dishes and I finished washing the dishes and I looked at my husband, he was outside, he comes in and I'm like, I think it's time. I think I need to, I think it's, I think it's time to, to, to leave. And I knew it was okay when he just said, all right, mm-hmm. there was no resistance. There was no, what do you think? Maybe we should this, there was none of that. And I think when we can come to that place of, I'm going to say that middle way again, that piece Mm -hmm. of a decision, even everyone around us is ready for it because we're in alignment in that decision. Mm -hmm. And again, I think the place that I was at was I wasn't running away from my corporate job, hoping to find fulfillment in my business and this dream job that I was going to make for myself. Because I think that's another important thing to notice that if we are making decisions because we think it's going to be better over here, it's not because the thing that you're leaving over there is actually going to come with you. 
<laughs> and so it's really becomes important because I know the problems that I was experiencing in corporate, if I didn't have peace with those problems, meaning those types of people that I was trying to mm -hmm. run away or the regime of corporate and trying to control and all that kind of stuff. If I, if I didn't figure out how to handle that, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have helped me. Mm -hmm. I would have found that elsewhere. I would have found it and recreated it in some way. Oh, that's such a great, that's such a great point. Well, and this idea that actually taking time, because I think, I think our culture does a lot of disservice, even around this concept of leaping, because there's all these heroic stories about, you know, crazy leaps, like figuratively and literally, right? And as an entrepreneur, I think, you know, we often have to take leaps of some size, but they don't have to feel like leaps. If mm -hmm. we've done some of that work to prepare, and I think that that, like you mentioned, is a better place to be because when you do take the leap, you are going to, I, I, I would think, have a transition period that's not as rough, right? Yeah. You're not doing something out of desperation. It's out of significantly more thoughtfulness. Absolutely. Again, you know, we can get everything we want. We can fulfill our dreams. The only thing we do, we got to make it safe for our brain to do so. Mm. Because if, the way our brain is wired, <laughs> it's going to do everything it can to bring us back to the comfort zone. And so can I give, can I give you a quick exercise on how I make decisions now? Totally. Okay. Totally. Do you have a paper and pen? Absolutely. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. So I want you to, and, and for those of you listening, the same thing, either, you know, you can do it after, you're going to draw a circle on a piece of paper. And in that circle, I want you to think of, let's say, I want you to, Heather, think of something in your business that's in your comfort zone that you are like, this is so easy. You can do it in your sleep. Drafting contracts. Perfect. Okay, good. So we'll put drafting contracts. Okay. Now I want you to draw a bigger circle around that little circle, like much bigger. And this is beyond your comfort zone. All right. So I want you to think of something you really, really want to do that feels like, oh, like extremely uncomfortable, but it is like at the back of your head, you're mulling it over and you really, really want to do it. What would be in that beyond comfort zone? Mm. Well, right now it would be because I'm really on the path to growing certain portions of my business so that I'm not doing all the mm -hmm. work, right? Is hiring employees. I'm on the, the bubble of really wanting to do that, but also in some ways not feeling ready for it. <laughs> in okay. part, thank you, COVID, right? My time is so constrained with two little people. Like the idea of managing one more human makes me a little bit crazy right now. <laughs> But in my business, um, I need to be doing that. <laughs> I, I hear you. Okay, good. So that one's beyond. So you would say that one's beyond your comfort zone, hiring employees. Okay, perfect. Now I want you to draw a middle circle. So, so far, this is what it's looking like. So you can see it. So now mm -hmm. you draw a middle circle around that comfort zone circle. This is the edge. I want you to think of something between drafting contracts and then hiring employees, you know, you want to get to the hiring employees stage. What would be something that's on the edge of your comfort zone that you can do right now? It feels a little bit uncomfortable, but it's on that edge. Yeah. Well, it is what I'm trying to do, which is hire independent contractors to do project-based work as it comes in. Okay. All right. So it might be, so instead of, let's say, hiring full-time employees where you've full-time, it would be hiring the independent contractor for a particular project. Yeah. 
That's right. right? Yep. And so that's kind of the, the leap that that's that. So this is how I continue to make decisions. It's like, there's this comfort zone mm-hmm. and then there's beyond the beyond is sort of that bigger dream and the bigger vision that you have. And so let's say it's having a team of, you know, three right. or five employees around right. you. Well, what's the thing that you can do in between where you are now and where you want to go. It's hire independent contractors for big projects. And this I do for naming your brilliant difference. You do this for mm-hmm. marketing. You do this for um, yearly planning. Any t- every quarter I'm sitting down and literally like here, look, I, I'm just doing it right now. My comfort to courage right here. I'm writing out for these three, even ideal clients. Cause you can even do this ideal clients. There's mm-hmm. ideal clients you're really comfortable working with. And then there are these dream clients somewhere beyond your comfort zone. They're like, Oh, I want to really want to work with those clients. But then who's the bridge who's mm-hmm. in that edge that you can be mm-hmm. start thinking about. I can actually work with those that make me a little bit uncomfortable. My heart flutters a little bit. I get excited, mm-hmm. makes me a little nervous, but I can actually make that one happen. And mm-hmm. that's the secret. That's the secret because then what happens is when you say yes to those clients that flutter your heart a little bit, make you a bit nervous, guess what happens? Eventually they become your comfort zone. And that client that you had in the, and beyond moves into the edge and they become a little bit easier to get to. Oh, I love that, that bridge. I mean, I love the comfort to encourage um, that process and seeing the visual for folks that didn't see it, right? It's a series of circles and makes a lot of sense because you're right that living into the edge is a lot easier for most of us than Mm -hmm. living into what feels like a huge leap, right? So um, that's, I think that's a really powerful way to always be thinking about what comes next and pushing to that edge. Um, Also, I mean, I think for me, and I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, can feel fun because we know mm-hmm. that that's where we should be. It's not like it's a mystery <laughs> and, and yet it can be hard to get there. Um, talk to me about how, and maybe it's something that you have been through yourself. Maybe it's like some lows that your clients have experienced so much of, you know, what I like to do in conversations on this podcast is help people with the decision making and have conversations around what it takes to get through times where we are making hard decisions, a little bit like what you just talked about, but specifically in times where, you know, we really have to dig deep and find grit and have a lot of courage to make certain choices. Is it the same process that you're walking people through always? Or does it depend on the circumstance and the scenario? So what happens is, so we, we walk through the scenario activity and you decide, yep, I'm going to hire contractors or in my situation, I'll even use, you know, 2019, I decided I'm going to write a book. Mm. And so that was like a big goal. And it was something that I was, you know, I'm going to say priming my brain for like four years before that, <laughs> getting ready. I got to, <laughs> anybody you know, who's ever to... written a book is like, yep, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> right. And so. What happens though, is when we make the commitment to the thing that you most want, what you will notice is everything is going to come in the way of you actually moving there and getting it. Yeah. And so I think the grit and the perseverance of your commitment is so important in those cases. So there were many opportunities I had to stop writing. Mm -hmm. And that they weren't even excuses internally, like literally life situations and events were happening around me that I could have opted out. Mm. 
And I think, and every time I've made something, so I think it's, it's perfect with creativity. So whenever I would launch a course or I do a new program or a new workshop, or I had a new keynote to create, it was like the, everything was conspiring around to make me not do this thing. <laughs> why is that? Why, why do you think this pattern exists? Right. When we're talking, I know this takes us into a whole different conversation, I but know. I would like Part of it is, I think I, my take right now is life just wants to know, are you serious and are you committed? Yes. Yes. And it's the growing pains. It's the constriction of creativity and challenge and the, you know, having the guts, the grit to feel and experience the greatness that comes out of it, you know, perfect, like with what your podcast is about, because I think. And it's not that it's, we're being tested because I've failed the test many times. Like I've not persevered, but what has happened is I keep coming back and that's mm-hmm. what grit is. I might not have followed through. Like I've written this book before I wrote it in 2019. I wrote it two times before that, <laughs> you know, but this particular year I, and you just, and I think because we keep showing up and we keep at it and we keep at it, we start noticing these patterns. Uh, every time I make a commitment something happens Mm. that I is, it's going to challenge me. And the challenge is because we are saying to ourselves, I am, I am capable, competent, and believing I am enough to deserve more. Mm -hmm. That next level is what we're saying yes to. It's not actually the book. Yeah. That's the, like the, the car that we get in to get there. Yes but it's not the book. It's about who I know I am to be. And the book is the, the route that's helping me get there. That's right. Well, mm-hmm. even on this, this recent journey to stillness that I had to leave my house to go to, right? It was really interesting because we talked a lot about the concept of committing, but making a commitment and deciding is still different than taking action in alignment with that commitment, right? So, so much of what I see when it comes, you know, even stumbling blocks and obstacles in my own life, but clients' lives as well, is a test of that commitment. Are you continuing to make decisions that are in line with that commitment? Or is it just something that, you know, falls off your plate because you're done with it? So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I I think it's true and the pattern exists and you see it, you know, all around. It is. And I think, um, you know, what happens is we are so enamored. I know this is my experience. So enamored with coming up with ideas and dreaming it's safe to dream and it feels fun because it's a what if or when this and what if, and the thing with that is it doesn't go any further. (laughs) It's when we have to actually do something and that's where the grit and the the challenges happen. And it's when we persevere through that part, that's when we get to experience the dream as a reality, but it is, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think we just can We need to just continue to keep showing up for it and you get to see evidence of it afterwards. Well, and, and we get to hire people like you to help us show up in the right ways and not do things out of order and go backwards instead of forwards. So, and even exactly. And, and then when it is hard, it's completely normal. That is like, we can't look at this as a, an illusion that getting from point A to point B 
is, you know, all beautiful, you know, sunshine and rainbows. No, there is going to be some rain. There's going to be some thunderstorms and we need to be willing to, to dance in that rain, even though it might not feel, um, you know, we might come out soggy. Mm. <laughs> we might feel soggy <laughs> after it. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like, you know, parenting and little, like soggy is our current state of being over here <laughs> always pretty much. <laughs> Um, well, Finca, I have loved this conversation. I mean, there's there's just so much juicy stuff that I can tell you could talk for days about that you love and you light up when you talk about <laughs> it. So it's really fun to get to see you in video as well. Um, but, you know, if you are listening, be sure to pop over to the show notes where you're going to find all of uh, Finca's links. Or I'm going to put a link to her book. I love that title. Sell from love, love yourself, love your client, love your offer. Be sure to check that out. And anything else you want to share there as well. Finca, where do you like to show up online? Where do you like for people to connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. So Finca Yerkovic. And um, also on the sellfromlove.com uh, website, if you're interested, there's a, a sell from love test that helps you understand whether you're selling from love or you're selling from fear and gives you some tips on where you are sort of in that spectrum on how to get closer to love. So you can get clients with ease and expand your reach and make an impact. Mm, I love that. If you are still listening, be sure to check out Finca's resources, especially if you are in the space of you know, consulting, coaching, online experts, you know, people who've left corporate, you are going to be exactly who Finca works with and helps educate. Um, Finca, any final thoughts for us today? You know, I think if I can, you know, leave uh, with, with two thoughts, I'm going to say one is be who you are uh, as mm. much as possible, work towards figuring out what your brilliant difference is and use that as your, your vehicle to one alignment, inner fulfillment and outer success. Because when you look at the people that on quotations make it, yeah. they are just being who they are. And, and that is the, the beautiful mirror they're giving back to everybody else saying, just be you. And that is your, your success ticket. And, and then I would say, you know, you have big dreams and they are going to be beyond your comfort zone. And what can you do to make it safe for your brain to make that leap? And so start focusing on that edge. What is the thing that's on the edge of your comfort zone? That is that micro baby step that won't paralyze you or overwhelm you in fear and doubt that you can choose to say, Hey, I'm going to move forward with this one thing and mm. just keep moving. Just I love that. Yes. Well, you've given us some really powerful exercises and things to think about today. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate you. I really love the content that you teach on and I hope we get the chance to connect again. Likewise. Thank you, Heather, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today on the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast. We hope that we've added a little fuel to your tank, some coffee to your cup, and pep in your step to keep you moving forward in your own great adventures. For key takeaways, links to any resources mentioned in today's show and more, see the show notes, which can be found at legalwebsitewarrior.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, please give us some stars and a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so others will find us too. Keep up the great work you are doing in the world and we'll see you next week.